So, we're back. We're back, baby. Good to be back. It's been a while. A lot has been going on. Yeah, we picked a great time to go on break. Did you see that video of people jumping off the awning of that hotel after the Eagles won in Philadelphia? No. And the whole crowd is chanting, E-C-Dub, (laughs) E-C-Dub. That intro that Paul Heyman cut for TakeOver Philadelphia was, if anything, downplaying it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I guess they were whipping batteries. Welcome to What's NXT? Broadcasting out of the Midnight Zero studios at midnightzero.nyc. I'm Tristan Marsh. I'm Alec Basio. Today on What's NXT, Kit and Commotion, William Regal has an announcement, and Johnny Wrestling files for Johnny Unemployment. But first, let's talk about some bullshit. Okay. So, um, we haven't talked about three episodes. Yes, we certainly haven't. Even though I'm sure we're both literally trying to jump out of our skin... So that we could fucking talk about Johnny Wrestling, what the fuck? <laughs> you go up against the champ. I'm not I'm not <laughs> disputing that. You know, I'm very happy to have a seven, eight month long almost with but what the fuck? What are we gonna what? What are we gonna do now? What the fuck? Did they have kids? Is he like staying home and like taking care of the kids or something? Like what? <laughs> Jesus. Okay, let's talk about the other the things that we missed. We missed a Takeover Aftermath show Mm -hmm. that had some killer promos. My highlight from that show, Percy called Moro Nigel. (laughs) 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 Just just put that out there before we get into what happened, you know, wrestle-wise. I mean, (laughs) there were a lot of really good promos. And apparently Percy called Moro Nigel. Yeah. Excellent. It was pretty good. Shayna is in denial over her loss to Ember Moon. Ember didn't beat me. She survived. And barely. And then you ask yourself, which of us is acting like a winner here? Who really won tonight? Such a shitty heel way of getting out of actually dealing with the fact that you lost a fucking match. Who really lost? (laughs) You. I mean, sure, there's a big L on the books for you now, but on the indies, Shayna Baszler teamed with Red Dragon for a while. Ooh, yeah, you were telling me about this when it was happening. And I feel like this is very much the tactic that perennial losers named Undisputed Era would go to, where they're like... Oh, yeah. We're still undisputed because we broke their arm. Sure, we lost. She's a little too serious right now, but I'd love to see her jump in with them at a later date when she's a little goofier. I would like to see them team up with her being serious as the serious bruiser enforcer. They're the little dog in the Bugs Bunny cartoons where they're bouncing around and are like, come on, Shayna, let's go beat him up, right? And she's like, yeah, fuck, fuck you. Get out of my way. I don't like you guys. I'm just teamed up with you because you have the belts. We're like about five steps away from like 
DX in China at this point, then. <laughs> that's true. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. You know, we could update that. We could we could bring that into the present. I think it would be pretty cool. The Velveteen Dream telling Charlie Caruso. You know what the NXT universe knows? Read my trunks. Dream over. Well, now you know, too. Good talk. <laughs> That's great. Uh, he's really good. He's all about knowing, too. He took this dream over thing, and now everybody is saying it all the time. All oh, he yeah. wants to do is crush people's dreams. And like I said before we took the break, I feel like that's wonderful heel motivation. I agree. My Oh, my other thing that I got from this episode, other highlight, Ely Brothers. Yay! Yeah, Ely Brothers are back, and they did twin bullshit. Yeah, twin magic. And, and right after I was talking about how much I loved Shane Thorne's hair, he had to fucking cut it. Ugh. What are you going to do? I don't know. Complain about it on a podcast. Whatever. He looks fine. He's cool. I like him. My ultimate highlight from this episode, though, still a promo, and it's Almas and Zelina Vega being interviewed. Zelina Vega brings up the fact that the day after retaining his belt, Almas was in the Royal Rumble, and Almas responds with, The great weekend for... El idolo. This is only the beginning. Exactly. And uh, where was Johnny wrestling in all of this? Maybe <laughs> watch TV. <laughs> yeah, I loved that. Oh my god, that was really good. I really popped for that. Actually, <laughs> there are people that still think that. He needs Zelina Vega because he can't cut his own promos. Fuck those people. You could just see what happened this week and his little waves. And you'll know he doesn't need anybody. He can really, he can fucking heat up a room with nothing. Next up, we had episode 434. There was some... Pretty good stuff on this episode, but it was capped off with a tornado tag match that could barely keep my attention. Hmm. I'm trying to remember this one. Yeah, exactly. You can't remember it either. Sanity was supposed to get a title rematch. Right. But then they got into such a big fight that William Regal said, you're not going to have a title rematch. The titles are no longer on the line. It's going to be a six-man tornado tag match. Oh my god, I barely wrote anything about this. Yeah, it wasn't that great. <laughs> no, I, don't, I guess it really wasn't. Damn, the only thing that I wrote about that tornado tag match, the only thing at all, was that Dane said... What what's up, baby, to Adam Cole. And that's literally it. That's the only thing I wrote. The two good things from that episode are the Heavy Machinery, Sabatelli and Moss power couple match. Oh my god. That got me worried. 
Heavy machinery is as good as ever. Oh, yeah. Slippity, slappity, crippity, crappity, blippity, blappity. Otis Dozovich is one of these guys that so inhabits his own character that even in weird incidental angle shots where he probably doesn't realize he's on camera. He's like slapping his own forehead and stomping around like a big toddler. I've heard friend of the show, and by friend of the show, I mean guy that doesn't even know me and probably would be mad at me for referencing him. Al Snow described wrestling <laughs> as method acting. And I believe that <laughs> Dozovich is engaged in method acting. I also agree with that, by the way. I'm not just bringing it up for fun. Dozovich is a real Daniel Day-Lewis type. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'd love to see him in Gangs of New York. I'd love to see him drink my milkshake. <laughs> I feel like off-screen, when, when kayfabe is allowed to be broken, when he's in the locker room, he's this, like, erudite thinker. Oh, I, you know... I finally got around to reading, oh, somebody's coming. Oh, bah, 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 bah. Yeah. Well, I see it more like after he passes under a doorway, he changes. Because <laughs> I think that's one of those things. Daniel Day-Lewis does that thing where, like, he'll have them build a doorway. And, like, when he passes <laughs> through. I think it's something like that. I, I, maybe this is just some dumb acting story I heard. Do a My Left Foot storyline oh god tucker knight has to push him around in a wheelchair well he could be like sandman who pretended to be blind in his real life for years <laughs> but that turned out to be a workman's comp no i don't know if it Scam. was maybe oh that would have been fun at least he would have gotten that out of it i just feel bad for his poor wife he made her answer the door for years so then it was less a workman's comp thing and more of... Get out of social obligations? Finding a loophole for being a shitty husband. Honey, I want to be an active member in this relationship, but my job, it means that I have to do this. The end of the Heavy Machinery Sabatelli and Moss match. Oh, Moss turns I'm his back on Sabatelli. I'm nervous. I think... I. I want to hope that they're just building this out of the Tino sucks chance and they were just trying to get audience interact. You don't think that they're filing for divorce? I hope not. Who gets the suit? I don't know. What are we going to do? Just follow up with this? What, what, we just got to follow Candice LeRae and, and, and unemployed Johnny Wrestling around now? It's like, who, <laughs> who the hell? Who's our, who's our wrestling couples now? We don't even have Zabatelli and Moss. Messy divorce storyline. Where they get angry about who gets what. Yeah. Who gets the car? Who gets the suit? Who gets the... Because for so long, it's been our suit and our car. Who gets the pugs? They're Moss's pugs, but Sabatelli is being vindictive. He's he's trying to get those pugs. And, and Sabatelli owns the land, but Moss owns the alpacas, so... <laughs> it's really messy. What the fuck? Who's going to do what? I mean, you can't just ship them off. This is why you gotta sign a prenup before yeah. you start a tag team. This episode also has Shayna Baszler keeping up the amazing promos and in a backroom loading dock promo saying, when you fight her, there are only three options. Tap, nap, or snap. She got off lucky last time and she knows it. She won't get in there with me. She's not a real champion. Go tell her I said that. Love it. I loved that. 
you could hear Moro like hearing it and going, <gasps> and he used it immediately. <laughs> How long do you think before that's on t-shirts, headbands, novelty sunglasses, beer koozies, shoelaces? I don't know. We'll see Izzy wearing it soon. That's going to be another one of the... <laughs> Between her that... and her dad, yeah. <laughs> He's going to be mad at her. No, she's bad. <laughs> Why aren't you wearing your stupid lacy pirate hat? <laughs> I like them both, Dad. The hat makes me look stupid. And finally, episode 435. This is probably the only episode that I wish we were actually able to talk about in full. Yeah, I actually took extensive notes on this one. It's got two amazing championship matches. Yeah. Roderick Strong versus Pete Dunne for the UK championship. Now, everybody knows Pete Dunne is probably the best alive in the world forever, right? But what your book presupposes is... Roderick Strong is really coming out great. Holy shit. I mean, I know he's like an indie darling and everybody loves him and, you know... Full Sail loves him because he's from Florida, and everybody just thinks he's the best. But holy shit, he's been putting in such work, and this was a fantastic fucking match. And he's been over on 205 Live competing in their Cruiserweight Championship. You've been watching 205 Live? have. Well, the tournament format has gotten me to pay attention. Tournaments are a big deal. I like them a lot. And I love seeing Roderick Strong in competitions For like two fucking belts at the same time. This guy is just going after every belt. It has kind of given a tweak on that Roderick versus the world moniker. Where he's gone from the face that's up against everything. To kind of this weird tweener status. Where he's just going to go for every belt at once. He doesn't care. He doesn't like care about stepping on people's toes. He doesn't care about whether or not it's right that he should hold the belt. Like he's going up against the UK championship. What right does he have to that? I don't care. I'm going to take it from Pete Dunn. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to have UK championship in America. Now everybody, when you think tweener, you think stone cold instantly. He's the only one that ever existed period in everyone's mind. And this is such a different kind of tweener. (laughs) Great, likable, wonderful guy. Who's kind of rude. And that's it. Stone Cold, he had his own morality that was making him butt heads with the system. And Roderick Strong is like, oh no, I don't have a morality. I just want a belt. And I will work in the system to get that. And you know what? He's not a badass. He's just like a really nice, likable, hardworking guy. He's not like, he's not going to open a can of ass whip. He's not going to stomp mud pies or anything like that. If Stone Cold Steve Austin was kind of a chaotic good roderick strong is kind of a lawful neutral yeah yeah i could see that like he doesn't break the rules he abides by the rules i'd say stone cold is chaotic neutral i was just watching a video of him like just fucking yelling the shit out of tory wilson it just made him look like an asshole he's definitely chaotic though absolutely number one chaotic this episode also had Shayna versus Ember, round two, and it was almost better this time. Yeah, it no, great. it was great. Um, they really worked off of everything that was set up at the takeover match. And at the end, who comes in for the save but Kyrie Sane? I thought it made Kyrie look kind of strong again, even though she's been booked very weird. 
yeah, she kind of won the Mae Young and then disappeared. Yeah, she appeared only to get choked out by Shayna Baszler. Yeah. Which was not cool. And also, Ember Moon didn't try to save her, and now she's going to save Ember Moon. Very strange. Yeah, but you know what? I think it makes her look a little tougher. A lot of times when people come in for the save, I kind of go, well, this isn't anything that isn't usually wrestling. You just wanted to come out here to forward the storyline. Kyrie Sane coming out because Ember Moon's arm is through a barricade is like, oh no, you somebody should stop that. This yeah. is getting out of hand. And also she's got history with Shayna. She beat her clean and then she got choked out by her and in like an attack. So she's she's pissed with her. So I could see it. I could see it really turning into something good. Alistair Black makes a vague threat to the belt itself i i really just want them to just you know could we just stop giving him a mic because like i don't know everybody loves him so much and i want to be there but i just i can't is it just his look like do they think his look gives him character like his his skill is outstanding and undeniable so i can't argue that but i just i can't really get behind the character so much i just don't really get it is the character just good at wrestling? Is that what his character is? Like, I don't know. Um, he's he's a, a metal goth. Yeah, but he doesn't act like a metal goth. I think that he would do a lot better in an NJPW kind of thing where yes. you have Los Ingobernables who some of them pretend to have supernatural powers, but it's always very clear that they're just like hot topic goths that want to look scary. Yeah, I could see him hanging out next to Evil, no problem. Evil is basically just a tubbier version of him. Absolutely. <laughs> Down to the haircut. I mean, I, I definitely think so. So I, I agree with you, because in that situation, they don't have them talk really either. He'll just give, like, interviews, and it'll be like a sport. And I think that would work. Right now, we're trying to figure out, like, is it just that he likes black metal, or are they trying to say that he has secret occult knowledge that makes him a good kickboxer see i don't know and he just keeps talking about like there's a devil on my back and the devil is the championship it's what the fuck like dude really (laughs) the devil on your back is like a tattoo of a lady i mean it's cool but you know it's not would it be cool if he said if he did an al snow again bringing up al snow again and he was like crazy and he thought his tattoos talked to him and told him what to do i would love that That would be maybe a little too stupid, but I don't know. I think it's great. That would be great. That would be awesome. I'd love that. (laughs) If he, yeah. Every once in a while, he like turned and talked into his bicep and was like, what are you saying? And then like flexes his bicep a couple of times so it looks like it's pulsating. Like he could hold the mic up to his arm (laughs) and then he could be like, so now you see why I have to go to the championship, right? It's like, we could just totally flip it around. But I bet t-shirt sales would go down. Yeah, that's too bad. I mean, not for us. We would probably no, I'd buy them. 10. I'd snap them up. I think that's really cool. That's probably a little too stupid, but whatever. I mean, I, I would have been a fan of that. I like Papa Shango lighting people's hands on fire. So, like, <laughs> what the hell? Or what if... <laughs> 
uh, what if Alistair Black just comes out one week and is like, I'm the new Papa Shango! Holy <laughs> <What>? shit! <laughs> Holy shit! I'd love that. Wait, what do you mean? Do, do you mean you're taking his gimmick? No, I'm Papa Shango now! <laughs> just do all like, Jay Lethal as Ric Flair thing. And this is how you're telling us? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> so that's the NXT. Well, that's some bullshit that we were just talking about. But ostensibly, that is the NXT episodes we missed. Basically. We also missed some great Ring of Honor episodes the past couple of weeks. Missed some big NJPW pay per views. Oh, yeah. Sonata won the IWGP. Heavyweight championship off of some nobody that I don't like and we never have to talk about again, hopefully. Oh my god. Wow. The longer he fucking holds that belt, the more I hate him. Wow. Awesome. Also, his, like, weird corm thing. I just call him corm now. Corm? He has K-O-R-M on his jacket arm and his leg. And it stands for... Kazuchika Okada Rainmaker, but he has corn written all over him. Ooh, yeah, I don't like that either. I didn't notice that. Oh my god. So, so corn. I've always hated him because he's like a rich, pretty boy, and I get that sometimes you can ostensibly have a face rich, pretty boy, but that's never gonna go over for me. I don't okay. like rich, pretty boys. Sure, but now. He's a rich, pretty boy that has held that belt for almost 700 days close again. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is true. <laughs> and I'm starting to fucking freak out. And he beat my favorite. He beat Naito. And then he beat my secret, maybe more favorite, Sonata. I'm going to pull my fucking hair out. But you see, but you see, he's so nice. He tries to speak English with people. He's so nice. He's so sweet. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> also, the Bullet Club is breaking up. Yeah, whatever. As long as Tama and fucking Fale are involved, I don't give a shit. Who do you think is going to win? You think it's going to be Cody? You think it's going to be Kenny? It's going to be Tama. It's going to be Tama Of course Tonga. it's going to be Tama. He's going he's gonna to expel the rest of them. The Bucks are going to be the last to go, but he's going to get rid of them. Fuck them. Did you see that last being the elite? Yeah. It ends with a big pull-apart fight between Cody and yeah. Kenny. And Tomatonga is in the middle, framed right in between them. Doesn't move an inch, doesn't flinch. Everybody else is flipping out. Even Bad Luck Fale. They're trying, trying to pull yeah, him apart. he's trying to hold back Cody. Tama but is just sitting there going... He's kind of laughing at him in a way. It's pretty good. I think Tomatonga holds all the cards, man. Absolutely. I think he's going to take over. It's going to be a great storyline. Cody takes control of the Bullet Club and Tama immediately kicks him out because the whole storyline last year was Tama was saying to Kenny, you don't give a shit. And Kenny proved to him, hey, no, I might be a part of the elite, but my whole life is the Bullet Club. Like, I ride or die for Bullet Club. Cody clearly doesn't give a shit. He's just yeah. doing it for himself. So I feel like the second Cody takes over, Tamatanga is going to be like, oh, finally, I couldn't fight Kenny Omega because I respected that guy. 
But you? I'll fucking kick you out on your ass, brother. How about we talk about NXT? I'm down with that. This is NXT number 436 for February 21st, 2018. Still in Atlanta, right? We're still in Atlanta. So we start off with a great Andrade Cien Almas promo package. Yeah, I like that a lot. For anybody that hasn't been paying attention, it takes you from his debut and having what they call indie, but, you know, like Mexican and Japanese history to him being this loser playboy and finally having Zelina Vega whip him into shape. And by the end, it shows him as not just a credible threat, but the man to beat right now. I thought that was really good. I also liked that they were really, that they did bring up a lot with the Johnny Wrestling. He's going to leave if he loses. This is a big deal match. Because if you're just coming in and you missed like two weeks, you're not going to know what the fuck's going on. (laughs) Two weeks before this episode, Johnny Gargano made the stupidest bet anyone could ever make. (laughs) We didn't talk about how his wife was staring at him like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) I just got here, you fucking moron. Oh my god, she's been very good for this whole thing. I'm excited to see her. Her acting's pretty on point. They had the confrontation in the middle of the ring. After Almas and Zelina Vega leave, they're walking away, and he says, give me one more shot at that belt. And they turn around and go, okay, fine. You get another shot at the belt, and if you lose, you leave NXT forever. Fine, I'll take that bet. And Candice LeRae looks at him. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have... Do you have a backup job? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like, this is... Oh. Oh, my God. It recapped... Johnny Gargano, but primarily Johnny Gargano in relationship to Andrade Almas. Yes. Doesn't talk a lot about Ciampa. No, no. It's just the feud is between him and Almas. There's one shot of Ciampa throughout the entire promo. Otherwise, they don't mention that shit. And the second I realized that, I was like, well, obviously he's going to show up tonight. Later on during the match... Nigel asks, I mean, where's Johnny Wrestling's head now? Is it on the match? Is it on his career? Is it on Tommaso Ciampa? And it's like, no, of course it's not on Tommaso Ciampa. If his mind were on Tommaso Ciampa, he'd win this match because he'd not fall for whatever happens in this match. If his mind were on Tommaso Ciampa, he wouldn't literally be surprised by Tommaso Ciampa hitting him in the back every single time. He also probably wouldn't have had this match. He probably would have tried to call out Tommaso Ciampa instead. Let me take care of this threat first. Yeah. And then I'll I'll go. You know, I love that championship belt. That's really great. But you know what? I'd probably really enjoy beating the shit out of this asshole first, right? There's this insane guy that will do whatever it takes to make me sad. Um... He's going to ruin my life if I don't beat him up. So why don't I do that first? Yeah. Oh. Poor, sweet, stupid Johnny Gargano. I know. (laughs) 
after the promo package, we get Velveteen Dream versus No Way Jose. How do you like this match? I liked it. I liked them working off each other. I thought it was good. I liked that Dream decided to do some dancing of his own. I liked that Jose kind of got a little cocky. I think he was just playing off the crowd and he said, well... I'm clearly not the favorite. (laughs) So he got a little cocky and he started acting a little like bullish, you know, which I thought was pretty nice. Um, It's nice to see Jose doing something. And it's also nice to see him being a little more confident because my opinion of him is that he's good. He can do a lot, but he kind of falls by the wayside. I felt like this was a real mixed match. I really liked whenever it was two characters working off of each other. I liked Dream taunting No Way Jose. I liked how Dream countered No Way Jose's finisher. I liked this kind of tall, thin, and cut guy versus this tall, built, and beefy guy. Like, I really liked a lot of that stuff. But No Way Jose still seems a little stiff and clunky after being off of TV for so long. Yeah. And that kind of also brings out some of the odd choices in Dreams Wrestling. Like, he does three flying nothings off the top rope, just jumping off the top rope to set up No Way Jose doing something. It felt like, come on, Velveteen Dream, you're better than that. It felt like they were kind of grinding gears whenever they would transition, you know? Yeah, there wasn't really a fantastic way to get action to happen. It's weird. I haven't seen a no way jose match in a while i don't know is he good at mat wrestling at all like could they have done something else to eat up some time i don't know instead of just setting up all these like i'll hit you out of the air thing dream still sells really great i loved when he got flipped out and he took that horrifying bump outside it looked crazy it looked really bad but i'm sure it wasn't as bad as it looked because he's he's an ace obviously the high point of this match is just gonna be velveteen dream being velveteen dream Oh, yeah. First, why don't we hit those fashion files? You got it. Keeping it simple. Yeah. Tie-dyed headband. His hair is kind of finally getting back to its natural texture after being straightened for the Aleister Black match a while back. Hmm. He's got this nice cropped tank top with a very small LGBTQ flag stripe across the chest. Yeah, it looks good. His black tassel lampshade tights. Those will stay around for a while, at least. Probably. He's also chewing probably about eight sticks of gum. Yeah, that was... What the fuck? I wrote that down, too. Wow. And he didn't spit it out, either. I don't know. It's like you would think he'd just go flying. A tooth is flying out. Whoa. No, nothing. A tooth the size of a man's fist. Just <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it, Dream's a mouth. lot of gum. Um... I've been noticing this, but this was the first time that I had to mention it. I feel like starting around Aleister Black, he started going to the ring chewing gum. And I want to say when nobody mentioned it or it didn't become anything, he just decided, okay, I'm going to keep putting more gum in until somebody goes, why are you chewing all that gum? That actually... Might be what's going on. We'll have to see. If the next time, if we see him putting gum in his mouth while he's going to the ring, he's just really trying to get it. Think back to the last takeover 
I believe that when he put that mouth guard in, first he took out gum and put it on the pillow as well. Oh, shit, maybe. Oh. The best kind of character work that a wrestler does is character work that you'd notice and then look back on their career and go, they've been doing this for five years. What the fuck? Yeah. It's just this small thing, you know? We should we should have a gum tracker for Velveteen Dream. Sure. From now on, Fashion Files will also include our estimated gum count. Yeah, just see, did he have, does he have gum? Is it noticeable? On a scale of 1 to 10, how noticeable is it? That on a scale of there? 1 to 10, how many sticks of gum is it? I'm, I'm a person that chews like 7 or 8 sticks of gum at the same time. So, oh yeah, I have a gum addiction. I'll buy a pack of gum and it'll be gone in a couple of hours. Fucking it's not great. Oh, Dream wins, by the way. Dream obviously wins. Yeah. Sorry. He um, wins with a weird-looking purple rainmaker. I think he overshot or something. It looked like he was like, oh shit, I'm gonna fucking choke this guy if I <laughs> Dream grabs the mic and cuts an amazing promo where he awards himself all of the NXT awards that he didn't win last year. He won Best Rivalry against Aleister Black. And the NXT Male Competitor of the Year, the Velveteen Dream. Yeah! Overall Competitor of the Year, the Velveteen Dream. Yeah! Match of the Year, the Velveteen Dream. Alistair Black, Oscar, Tyler Bate, no one cares. That was my favorite moment. That got a legitimate, like, oh shit. Yeah, I think they were, they were just, they, they, they saw it. They saw him. They were like, he's too over. We have to scale it back. <laughs> Whatever you do to make people like Velveteen Dream less just kind of makes some people like him more. There was a who cares chant. It got the booze that were required, but I don't know. He's still, he's still like the hero. You kind of need somebody to be boring and cocky to be a bad guy. Yeah. Bobby Roode can be a cocky bad guy because yeah, he'd be great. Well, he was great when he I know, was a but heel. He'd be great if he was bad now, you know, despite everything, Jinder Mahal, was very, very good bad guy. Everyone hated his guts. You've got to be boring and cocky to be a bad guy. When you're cocky and you're as flamboyant and fun as Velveteen Dream, there are going to be a lot of people in the crowd that when you say, who cares to Asuka, Asuka is still one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. But he said that and I was like, yeah, he's right. <laughs> You see, because he's just, he's so charismatic. After the match, he went on social media. Oh, you sound like a WWE mark. Social media. He went on Twitter. <laughs> what are you going to call it a title now? He posted a screenshot of his notes that says, I'm beyond irritated by the indie guys coming into NXT, taking up spots, living out their dreams, pretending to be actual talent, or as we put it, quote, superstars. I'm homegrown talent, and I breed success on my own terms. Reactions prove it. Facts are facts. 
if anyone under contract has issue with it, the dream is easy to find. I like that too. I love that somebody saw what happened with Leo Rush and was like, that was too much of a shoot. We can't save that. But what if we had Dream do that? <laughs> well, because you know he's probably like everybody in corporate is looking at this and they're like, yes, yes, yes. Because <laughs> he is like one of their biggest success stories. He was completely made in WWE 100%. Somebody clearly told him, just go stir up whatever kind of shit you want. And he was like, oh yeah, I could do that. Yeah, holy shit. And he picked the great targets too, because like, that's like three quarters of everybody in there at this point. You can pair him with basically anyone on the roster now, and it's going to be a fun match that has some kind of actual angle to it. In a way, they're kind of Yankee-fying like, the process of getting wrestlers. They just go out and they buy up all the really good ones. Look at me, I'm homegrown. You know, I'm, I'm what they spent the money on, and look what happens. I'm Derek Jeter, and you're A-Rod. Yeah, I was, I was here already. <laughs> I would really like it if Velveteen Dream became NXT's version of The Miz. Hey, do you actually have legitimate gripes with somebody? Go call them out. Although I gotta say, Velveteen Dream cuts the Miz Daniel Bryan promo on Regal, and I turn on him. Yeah, well, because everybody knows Regal is everybody's, like, daddy. Yeah, Daddy he's Regal. Uncle. He's he's sweet Daddy Regal. He takes he's, care of his boys. Yeah, he's the best. And his girls. Sorry, I shouldn't have gendered yeah. that. No, he's he's wonderful. He's great. Quick digression. Sure. I got some news about Toddy Potato. Okay. Do you remember Toddy Potato? He is Alistair Black's pet. Yes. Alistair Black's fluffy white Persian cat. Oh, that's why you said that thing about kittens in the beginning, of course. <laughs> Toddy Potato has a new sibling. Good. Sibling is named Tubby Tomato. And they're getting along fine. They're Tubby Tomato is also the sibling of Zelina Vega's new kitten. Do you want to know Zelina Vega's kitten's name? No, because that's still, it's still, because they're killing the business. Too bad. <laughs> Zelina's Vega's new kitten is named Phoebe Purrywell. Oh, god damn it. We've got a nice little, little cat club. Oh, boy. They should all move up and become friends with Natty. Yeah, well, that's, that's where they're headed. <laughs> I love wrestler pets. I know you do. I just want to put that out there. Alexa Bliss and Buddy Murphy have a pet pig named Larry Steve. Cute. Samoa Joe just recently adopted a new puppy. He posts a lot about not buying dogs from breeders. He believes in pet adoption. Well, that's good. Shayna Baszler, the evil queen of spades, has a very cute pit bull puppy that she posts videos of. Photos that on her Instagram sense. all the time, along with the hashtag, don't bully my breed. Oh, right, because people don't like pit I love pit bulls. Pit bulls are the one. best. I have a pit bull. I know. I would get one if I had a dog. It'd be a pit bull. I love that they, like, smile at you. They're just always smiling at you. 
All of this is to say nothing of Kevin Owens, who obviously has a whole fucking menagerie. Doesn't the Miz and Maurice have like a million dogs or something too? Yeah, like... they've got a million dogs. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this brings us to the ultimate question of this segment. Are all heels secretly softies? I don't know. I feel like all heels have a deeper connection to animals. No, all, all heels are secretly softies. Okay, fine. I can't wait to see the Velveteen Dream's terrarium filled with exotic lizards. <laughs> oh, no, he is not a lizard dude. I mean, I don't have anything He has like 17 iguanas, dudes. dude. I'm sure of it. You think he's an iguana guy? Ooh, I... He probably walks around there draped all over him. No, because he's a soft velour man. He isn't a... I don't know. Reptile skin. I don't know. He's a little bit of a nerd. I, feel I like could I could see lizard. him. Okay, snakes let's, maybe. Let's split the difference. Okay. Still nerd, but a little softer. Maybe he's a parrot guy. Parrot? Oh god, that's so obnoxious. Yeah, probably. Parrot. <laughs> Budgies or whatever those little shitty little things. I was gonna say chinchilla maybe. Back to NXT. Yeah, right. Let's talk about the thing that our podcast is about. <laughs> Daddy Regal. Announcing the Dusty Tag Team Classic is back. Yay! I just can't wait to see Sabatelli and Moss break up on live TV. <laughs> oh, oh, no. What if Moss leaves Sabatelli for the Velveteen Dream? <laughs> I don't know, because I feel like you're just leaving one Sabatelli for another Sabatelli, because I think... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's going to be the exact same relationship, right? He treats me better than you ever did. He respects me as a tag team partner. Then Moss will walk away. Velveteen Dream will walk over to Sabatelli and say, I treat him the same. <laughs> <laughs> I say that we share the car, but it's my car. <laughs> Next up, we have match number two. Vanessa Bourne versus Nikki Cross. Did you have any opinion about this match? Bourne looked better than she looked in the past. I thought she got some power moves off, which looked okay. Uh, she had a little more confidence, a little nastier. Nikki looks great, like always. And everybody loved her. It was fine. It was an okay match. Oh, 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 no, one thing. What the fuck is up with the purge? What the fuck is up with the purge? Why am I... Why am I hearing the purge like 18 times? It's a swinging fisherman's neckbreaker. It, that was good enough for like two years. Why Why am I hearing the purge? Why are we calling it something else? This is like when Dane does a crossbody and we call it the divide. Like, what the fuck? Is this a sanity thing? Do we have to make up names? I think it's a sanity thing. And I think somebody decided to put a hat on a hat and it is not working. It's not. The Purge sounds terrible, and all three of the commentators said it, and none of them could make it sound good, and it was awful. I kind of like the slight pause that they put whenever Nikki Cross does a crossbody, and they call it the crossbody. Like, sure. That makes sense. Yeah, you can do that. That's fun and cute. Yeah. But, like, That's about Jesus. as fun and cute as Nikki Cross can get, because usually she's biting ring ropes and... Probably I mean, I has don't know. sepsis or something. The but. divide. That the divide is another one. The two of those. I I don't like it. I don't like it. Vanessa Bourne doesn't have a character yet. Uh, apparently, they've been trying to give her a character. 
Yeah, tell me about this. This was a reshoot match. And the first time they did this match, Vanessa Bourne came out and had a new dominatrix gimmick. She came out with a riding crop and all red leather ring gear and licked Nikki Cross on the face. Apparently, after the fact, somebody looked at the tapes and was like, Oh, we wanted to skirt PG, and this is very un-PG. So, um, let's just reshoot this, and she's back to being the Black Canary. Yeah, you see, the thing is, when you hear something like that, my initial thought is, that's too bad. That probably would have been a good gimmick, because it's better than what she's got. But, I mean, it is WWE, so you have to be like, that's probably not a great idea. Dominatrix is probably not a good idea. But, you know, could have been cool. Maybe give her something else. I mean, it's too bad we already have Pirate Princess. Fuck, we can't use that on her. If the company wasn't run by a very heavily suspected sexual assaulter, alleged sexual assaulter, Mm Mm-hmm. I think that maybe you could get away with doing a dominatrix gimmick, but it's still run by a guy who had a woman bark like a dog for him. And I don't think that it, that's ever going to work while he's in charge. Yeah, I think we got a while ago because I think a lot of the people up at the top there. Um... The dominatrix gimmick failure kind of makes sense considering Bourne's weird entrance music. She has motion picture strip club where nobody actually gets naked music, like kind of uh, hard rock, butt rock music. She's definitely got that kind of attitude to her, too. I think they just saw big girly hair and they were like, that's you. What kind of music can we use for that? And it's like, oh, yeah, um, this knockoff Kid Rock Limp Biscuit track. This will be great. Why not MIDI saxophone music? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's what i would use oh man she could come out to uh baker street <laughs> oh shit yeah but let's do let's keep it midi though that's yeah, yeah. definitely <laughs> oh that was really good <laughs> yeah right so that's all the bullshit from this episode right we're finally to the main event johnny wrestling gargano Versus Andrade Cien Almas for the men's championship. And if Gargano loses, he leaves NXT forever. What the fuck? This is the worst way to call someone up to fucking SmackDown Live. This is absolutely the (laughs) stupidest goddamn thing. You know when he shows up to beat up Kevin Owens next week, I'm going to be so pissed off. Or Dolph Ziggler. Oh my god, you know they're going to fucking put him in with Ziggler. This is the worst. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, he's going to come out, he's going to talk shit to the audience, and then... And then you're going to be like, what? It's Johnny Gargano. Jesus fucking Christ. All that to say, almost wins, and Johnny Gargano is gone forever. This is bullshit, though. 
That's <laughs> that's the thing. I wouldn't mind a hundred years of Almas being the champion. He's great. But what the fuck though? You just gave up Johnny Wrestling? Like, where are you gonna put him now? They're gonna put him somewhere else. But now he is Johnny Loser. You see what I'm saying? Like, he's not even cool anymore. Because he can't win. I think it would be really funny if he was Johnny unemployed for a while. <laughs> Maybe he shows up on the sidelines to Candice LeRae's matches. Yeah, and is that's fine. wearing a shirt that says, Mr. Candice LeRae. Yeah, that would be great. Actually, you know what would be fun? He's William Regal's secretary now. <laughs> because he's still got a job there. He, you know, he can't wrestle there anymore. But they hired him. So he's still there. And now he's just a personality. Which is not even what he was great at. God damn it. Or maybe we do the opposite. And it's like he has a restraining order. And, like, whenever they're out in the loading docks, you can see him in the background behind the chain link fence. And what's going on over there, guys? Johnny, you gotta leave us alone. You gotta go home, Johnny. You don't belong here anymore. But I live so close to the campus. <laughs> William Regal picking up rocks and throwing it at him. You gotta go back where you belong now. You gotta go. Please, there's no time. No, 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 don't worry about us. We'll be all right. Get out of here! Can't you see we don't want you anymore? Why can't you go back where you came from? <laughs> Leave us alone! Go! Go! Goodbye, my friend. Oh, there's no need to cry. Oh my Go home! God. Johnny Wrestling, just, go oh home! God. It's so stupid. They're getting rid of him, though. And now the thing is, if he comes back, it, let's, it let's, makes him look on, like hold on, shit. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, yeah. let's take this uh, a little bit in order. I guess. We have we have jumped all the way to the end. I mean, it was a great match. It was a 20-minute match. It was wonderful. It was great. There was, like, a ref spot that was really fun. There was, like... I gotta say right off the bat, I brought up Johnny wearing a Mr. Candice LeRae shirt because fuck that Miss Johnny Wrestling shirt. I thought it was cute. She was just wearing his shirt the last time. Yeah, okay, I don't mind that. But she's more than just his wife. Fuck you guys. Miss oh, well, yeah, but I think that's... I think he might come with a Mr... Well, I mean, he won't now because he's not there. But that was, I thought, maybe what they would do is they do like a back and forth like Alec, support. Alec, women aren't important because of their relationship to the men in their lives. They're important on their own. Eh, nobody's really important, though, Tristan. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm the woke feminist and you're just the abject nihilist. I'm the guy who thinks we should all just be cogs in the machine. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> I like cogs in a machine. All right? Listen. Well, you know, Johnny Wrestling got chewed up and spit out because he didn't fit in the machine anymore. He totally fits in the machine. No, he understand. does not. The machine is Almas. Almas is the machine. Almas is not the machine. Regal's the machine. No, we can't speak out about Regal. Hunter's the machine. <laughs> Obviously, Zelina Vega comes out with Almas. Sure. And then Johnny comes out, and Candice LeRae then 
meets him on the entrance ramp and they walk out and there's this big like oh this match is gonna be about Zelina Vega interfering and Candice LeRae saving her husband and it's great because again no it's gonna be about Ciampa yeah it was never convincing enough for you to actually forget about Ciampa but it was just convincing enough for you to go I see what you're doing I see what you're doing wrestling well, I was thinking he'd come out and it'd be unsuccessful. It'd be like a spook tactic or something. Oh, because really you thought think... you thought that that Gargano was gonna win. I thought he had to win because otherwise he's not on NXT anymore. <laughs> you see, you see, the problem is if he's not on NXT anymore, then we can't have more Andrade Johnny wrestling matches, which are so fucking good. Here's the thing: if he won. Almas wouldn't be the champion anymore. So uh, he uh, had to yeah. go. But he he has a rematch. He could take it back at WrestleMania or something. I don't know. Whatever. He had to go, Alec. <laughs> I just don't understand <laughs> this. I, I really don't get this. I The only thing that could happen is he goes to another fucking show, and that's going to be so stupid. I've heard some people say maybe for the takeover before wrestlemania regal sets up an unsanctioned match between him and champa he finally gets over champa puts his dirt to rest and then goes to the main roster that could happen but then what do you do really with champa when champa is like back and now he's hot he's got no one to beat the shit out he's of. also gigantic no is he's beefy as shit right now yeah his upper body is like he used to look like he was made out of steel cables. Now he looks like he's made out of meaty fucking steel cables. He is big. Yeah, you're right. He's gigantic. He's veiny. He Yeah, he's going to be a great singles competitor, but... I love that he's still wearing his knee brace. I think that, you know, like, obviously he walks around everywhere with his crutch, because his crutch is his weapon. But I like that over his weird camo pants, he has the knee brace, and also... He has let his beard blossom like a beautiful desert flower. Oh, yeah, it's giant. Somebody backstage was like, okay, you're going to be off TV for like six to eight months. So we want everything unique about you to become three times as big. And he was like, okay, I can do that. Is there some way that I can become more bald? (laughs) Maybe. We'll see. We'll see what he what he what he brings next time he's on camera. Maybe he's gonna be extra shiny. Who knows? <laughs> They'll grease it up. He's gonna he's know. gonna put his head in the ball shiner like Homer Simpson. Did you polish your head in a shine old ball though? No. Okay then. The match starts off really fast. Oh yeah. As cocky as they're acting, Almas and Vega want to end this quickly. Yeah, and he's got the skill, too. He's he's dominant in the beginning. He's so good. Almost starts before the ring. He's waving at Gargano. He's really being a shit. But then the bell rings, and he's like, I got to finish this quick because he was this close last time. It was really cool. And then Vega gets involved way early. And the second she gets involved, Candice LeRae hits her with a tope suicida. And I really liked it because... Vega seems dangerous because she attacks people without warning. Candice LeRae knocks her on her ass, 
And Vega, who is usually cool, calm, and collected, is scrambling like a nerd getting rolled by a bully all the way out of the arena. Like, she doesn't know how to fight somebody that is fighting her. She knows how to fuck somebody up if their back is turned. But Candace yeah, LeRae... nobody fights back against Selena Vega. Well, because they don't want to hit a lady. Because yeah. the WWE is still stuck in the 80s. Yeah, because of Mixed Match Challenge rules. There's got to be one tweener that Zelina Vega hits him with a head scissors and then they like DDT her and everybody boos, but they're like, she fucking hit me first. What What the fuck, man? We already got rid of Ellsworth. Too bad. He would have done it. Yeah, but that was always a weird. There was the weird, oh, the reason he fights women is because he's not a real man thing. And that was gross. I want it to be like, Alistair Black, who is this nihilist, he isn't evil or good. He just has no morals. He's just about fighting and winning. Oh, yeah. I could see him totally black massing her. She hit me first. Of course I'm going to hit her. I don't give yeah. a shit that she's a woman. Absolutely. Obviously, there was a lot of good wrestling in this. There oh, yeah. It was great. a ton of good wrestling. There were some callbacks to their previous match, but it was less about callbacks and more about how this match has evolved how they're thinking about wrestling each other from the last match. Almas scrambling and trying to dominate Gargano from the beginning isn't necessarily a callback to their last match, but it's just like, if you had just gone through that match, this is what you would be thinking. I will say this. What move doesn't work? Oh, slingshot spear. Although the way it's countered this time was so fucking cool. Usually people do the slingshot spear into the draping DDT. Sure. This, one smooth motion into a Fujiwara armbar. It looked really cool. How many times have I countered this? Let's try a different way this yeah, time, because yeah. this is really easy. You're making this a little boring, a little repetitive. We don't want to do a DDT this time. Isn't it so weird that the slingshot DDT is like so much more effective? It's almost exactly the same. Nobody counters that. The slingshot spear now never works in a way where whenever he goes for it, you're like, what the fuck are you doing? But the slingshot DDT always seems like it almost works. So you're like, yeah, do that slingshot DDT again. Oh, like when he when he was setting up for it at the end and you're like, wow, why isn't he just going after him? Oh, I guess he wants to do a slingshot DDT. That makes sense because that move always works. <laughs> He at least gets it off. He never gets a pin out of it, but he gets no. it off. The slingshot spear, people see it coming from a mile away and are like, okay, it just. Could we could we call it the kick me sign or something? Could we like give it a new name? I guess we won't need to because he's not on our fucking show anymore. <laughs> We're never going to talk about him again. That's insane. I love that you're having such a hard grow? issue comprehending this. I don't, because because the thing is, it just makes no logical sense. Look, <laughs> do you read Dirt Sheets? Is his contract up? Is he going back to the Indies or something? Like, what the fuck is actually going on? No, I don't fucking read Dirt Sheets. What the fuck are you talking about? I, well, you know I don't. I don't research anything. <laughs> if it involves reading or watching something, I don't do it. I really liked the sequence where Almas and Gargano do each other's finishers. Oh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. I liked that... Almost gets Gargano in the Gargano escape, and you can instantly tell that he doesn't know what he's doing. It's, like, so yeah. janky looking, and he doesn't have it cinched in tight. Like, 
this is not his move. He doesn't know. He just wanted to do it to rub it in Gargano's face. But the second he does it, you're like, you should have just stuck with the fucking arm breaker, dude. And then Gargano then tries to go for the hammerlock DDT and can't even get it held in right. It's great. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was it was actually really a cute little spot in there. But I could see Almas as being like, I've beaten him legit. I've beaten him so many times. I'm so good at this. I want to invalidate the fucking match because I didn't beat him. Ciampa beat him. And I want a real rematch where I actually fight him and I beat him. But I can't because they're building Almas as a huge heel. People are really respecting that. The match ends. There's a ref bump. And then Johnny Gargano, who, even though his middle name is wrestling, doesn't know how professional wrestling works, puts... Almas in a submission move with a clearly out of it ref. The fucking baby face always no, I know. goes for a submission when the I know. ref is knocked out. I, like, I know. I mean, I know. But I don't even think he tapped. He didn't tap. That's the point that I was getting to. Almas yeah. doesn't tap. What? Champa hit you? That was behind my back. I didn't see that happen. Yeah. The important thing is I didn't tap. Yeah. I wasn't going to tap. I would never tap. I'm trying to come up with any logical way to prevent johnny gargano from going to another fucking show oh my god i'm goodness. sick of our nxt guys getting siphoned off i'm sick of this shit i think it's Ugh. just because you love johnny wrestling honestly it's so weird i kind of do <laughs> he gets me i don't know why but he like does that stupid stare out in the crowd thing he just looks like a little boy every week you get just more and more win. on his side i know if he can win over Nigel McGuinness, he can win me over. I mean, come on. Nigel McGuinness, the entire match, he's going, yeah, you've got to hand it to him. He's amazing. I hope he doesn't leave. The second Gargano loses, Moro and Percy, Moro is going, no, my God, why? No, no, no. Right. Percy says, this isn't fair. It's not fair. Nigel immediately has... You know, on a dime, 180 degrees, he goes, Hammerlock DDT by Almas! No, not like this! Not like this! Come on! God, no! 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 Come on! Oh, my God! Here's the win, and still the NXT champion, Pancholi Cienau! This ain't fair, man. This ain't fair at all. Whether it's fair or not, Percy, doesn't matter. The truth of the matter, whether you like it or not, fellas, Johnny Gargano put his career on the line and it has cost him. I don't deserve this. To die like this. Deserves got nothing to do with it. I mean, he's right. He's right, though. Nigel's right. Nigel is the best, so he is right. I, I just, I don't want to see him on fucking SmackDown just languishing in the, like, in the old Shinsuke corner now that Shinsuke got out of there finally. You know what I mean? Or they'll put him on 205 Live, which who knows if that's any good. I think that it would be better if he goes to 205 Live than SmackDown right now. Yeah, definitely. Oh, man. I'm just going to go on record and say that this was an effective wrestling storyline because it got an emotional reaction out of me. You can put that in wherever the hell you want, but that's on record. It worked so well because whoever you started out liking, 
you now are completely ride or die for. And whoever you started out being ambivalent about, you're like, oh, I still kind of like them. But no, of course they had to, you know, like I'm like completely uh, Johnny Gargano. Oh, yeah. He was in Almas's way. I've been an Almas mark from the beginning. I get it. Between the two of them, I actually always was bigger on Almas, but I just, I can't. I can't believe this storyline has sifted the truth from deep in your heart. Yeah, maybe I was really just a Johnny Gargano fan this entire time and I didn't know it. <laughs> but the thing is, look, there is there's a silver lining. The way that this could work out good is if he just doesn't get called up. You know what I'm saying? If they just bring him back to NXT in like six months or something. In a luchador mask calling himself Juan Lucha. But don't don't put him on. I really I'm just salty about the idea of him being on Raw or something like that. It's just not If I win, I get your title. If I lose, I go on sabbatical. Yeah, but then that's kind of stupid. Because then they're posting vacation photos and shit. <laughs> I mean, I it has to be I leave for it to have an effect. Because it had an effect. I felt affected. Everyone was affected. There were people shaking their heads, chanting, thank you, Johnny. The match ends like eight minutes before the episode is over. And that entire eight minutes is Almas and Vega slowly walking up the ramp and leaving. And shooing at him like, get him out of here. Waving goodbye to him. Oh, Oh, they were really good. They were great. And that entire time. Johnny Gargano is selling. He yeah. He's like, for a while, he's still laying on his back with one hand in the air, twitching slightly. <laughs> like, like his central yeah. nervous system is completely fried. That didn't exactly do what it was supposed to do for me, but I got oh, it. Oh, it, it was perfect for me because it looked like a cartoon. It's, it's yeah. great. They finally leave and it's been like three minutes, maybe four, and he can finally sit up. And Candice LeRae comes out and they they hug for a minute and then she helps him up and they take forever to walk up the exit ramp. They do like three stops and looking out at the audience and the audience every single time. Thank you, Johnny. It's really great. And then with 10 seconds left, they finally leave and go into the back and then it cuts to a shot of Champa on a flat black background, holding his crutch, smiling and waving goodbye to them. <laughs> like the end of the fucking Beverly Hillbillies. Satisfell, take your shoes off. Y'all come back now, here. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. It was so good. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Champa's gonna have plenty of shit to work with now that he's back, even though Johnny's gone. Maybe. I just, I don't know. I just really don't want this guy showing up on fucking Raw. I'm sick and tired of that. Oh, but Raw's been the good one recently. Even Raw, what is he going to show up? He's going to get in a feud with fucking Jason Jordan. Jason Jordan's gone. I know Jason Jordan's gone. Uh, Somebody else. Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman, oh God. Braun Strowman and Johnny Gargano. Oh God. Think about this, though. Like, obviously, that's stupid. But think about the single sentence. Johnny Gargano, 
puts Braun Strowman in the Gargano escape. Braun Strowman stands up. (laughs) But it would instantly take these very serious competitors and just by the pairing make it a comedy match. That is true. (laughs) I really like it when that kind of stuff happens. When, like, the tone is set just by who's competing against who. You know, I find that a very interesting idea. Everything in the fucking mixed match challenge between him and Alexa Bliss. Yeah, exactly. Although hopefully without as much weird innuendo. Or maybe with more, based on what you want out of it. I don't know. Well, that's true. With Johnny Gargano, I mean, he's very pretty. He is very pretty. But he's married. Yeah, he is married. You you gotta watch You don't want to fuck with Candice LeRae. No, she's she's proven to be pretty badass. I mean, at least we've still got her. I guess we'll never see Aleister Black wrestle Johnny Gargano one-on-one. Well, not for a couple of years before he gets moved to Raw. Yeah. Aleister Black showed up and they were already having him on main event. Not that I watch main event, but like... Oh, yeah. No, I don't even... I forget main event even exists. I mean, I think everybody does. They've known from the beginning, we got to get this guy on the main roster pretty soon. He's a huge explosion. Again, I don't necessarily get it, but everybody else does. So I I'm, I can see the writing on the wall. That guy is... That guy's a meteor. I hope they don't, though, because like... I don't know. I kind of don't watch the main roster anymore. <laughs> I That's the thing. That's the thing. I don't really either. And it's just, it's getting me upset that this guy that I'm getting a newfound appreciation for is gone. And he's got such a history too. Like even DIY stuff. I mean, like it's crazy. They've got to do at least one more thing with him because I don't think that they're ready to move Chamba up and you can't just let that fucking live. Yeah. Although I guess you can because they moved Sammy and Kevin up separately. You also have to think about some other stuff too. Drew McIntyre is going to be back in a couple of months. Ugh. Drew McIntyre. Like a ton of shit is going to happen. Yeah, but I don't want Drew McIntyre to come back. Oh, calm the fuck on. He's all right. <laughs> you just don't like big guys. That's not true. What the fuck are you talking about? I love big guys. I love Velveteen Dream. He's a big guy. That's true. He is big. He's deceptively big. He doesn't look like he's big until he's standing next to somebody. I love Braun Strowman. He's big. Oh, yeah, but he's a different kind of big guy. He's like a hoss. (laughs) I love... Throw out some big guys. I'll tell you if I like him or not. Well, the big guy, Lars Sullivan. I mean, everybody loves him. Lars Sullivan, where the fuck has he been? I get, well, we don't need to get into it. <laughs> yeah. I know that for some reason they're keeping him off TV, but I don't read a lot of rumors, so I don't know why they're keeping him off TV. Well, they put him in a commercial, so I know he's still in good graces. And I think he's still in the opening. Yeah, like, yeah, he is. Like this, is, I don't think that this is gonna turn out to be like a God forbid a Enzo Amore situation where like he did some dirt and they're gonna get rid of him. They probably did all this taping like over the course of like a week, yeah, and a half, and he just probably wasn't around, and like so they just didn't do any storylines with him. But it's true, he had like three guys calling him out. Like he had Killian Dane calling him out. That didn't happen. 
Or he called out Killian Dane. He called then out Roderick Killian Strong Dane. Called then him Roderick out. Strong called him out. Yeah, and, and then like he, he just... disappeared. He's gone. Very sad because obviously we love that guy, that big doofy guy. It seems like he should have a match at the Takeover before WrestleMania, but who the fuck knows if that's going to happen? Bring back Weird. Lars Sullivan. Yeah, Hashtag you know what? Give That'll us make Lars me happy Sullivan. after Gargano. Just bring Lars Sullivan back. <laughs> Just bring Lars Sullivan back and call him Johnny Gargano. Woo! Perfect. I'm back. And now I'm super big. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm doing the wrong voice. I'm back, and I'm super big. You might say I could be on the cover of a men's fitness magazine. <laughs> <laughs> this has been What's NXT. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play. Please rate and review us. Also, Alec. Yeah. I'm turning heel. What? I hate our audience. Don't contact us. You can't email us at whatsnxtpod at gmail.com. They can't. No. Don't do it. I hate you. I don't like the fans. Well, now they never will. I hope they don't, because that would really spite me and make me mad. Yeah. Well, there's no chance that they want to do that. Also, don't contact me at Enemy of Both on Twitter. Nah, I'm sure they won't now, because you asked them not to. Yeah, respect my fucking boundaries, you piss ants. Respect my boundaries is a really shitty heel statement. <laughs> you don't think that that works? <laughs> no, it, it works. It's really shitty, though. That's like a Sami Zayn heel to respect my boundaries. I mean, I, I could see Lars Sullivan pulling that out. Oh, yeah, Lars Sullivan could, but it'd have a totally different tone. Yeah, because he'd have that weird high-pitched lisp that we know and love. Respect my boundaries. Alec, you got anything you want to plug? Or do you want to come over to the dark side, be a heel, and tell our fans not to do something? I am. I'm, I'm also doing a turn. I have another podcast. I have another podcast, you jerks. And it's a different podcast than this one. And I do it. Ha. And it's called Under the Tokyo Tower. It's a podcast about Sailor Moon. How was Sailor Moon this week? It's, it was great this week. Last episode of uh, season one. So that's it. If you guys follow now, you're going to get a bunch of dumb, dumb side project bullshit for the next two months. Uh, not once a week. Hey, but don't every call couple this of... side project bullshit. No, no, I'm talking about my side project bullshit. Like Sailor Movie Cast. Some other stupid things where I'm going to talk about a movie. Point Break? That's the next one, actually, we're going to talk about. Okay. Point Break. The Venn Diagram of wrestling fans and Sailor Moon, it's practically just one circle because the overlap is so huge. So, you know, I know you guys will all come and check it out. I'm on MidnightZero.NYC as well as this podcast. Speaking of overlaps, I had a mm-hmm. realization. Coen Brothers movies, that's just wrestling, isn't it? I mean, yeah, John Goodman's in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's been this episode of What's NXT. Tune in next week to find out how much money Johnny Gargano is getting on his unemployment checks. And what's next? What's NXT?
Okay, that's got to be where we <laughs> ended. Yeah, no, I know. I Yeah, we went way over. We went way over, but this has been fun. Um, yeah. Hey, it's first one back in a while, so. Yeah, of course. It's an excuse. Also, I'm probably going to cut like half of that bullshit. Oh, yeah, there's, there's almost nothing that's usable in here. This is going to be a 20-minute episode. <laughs> what happened to your head? How'd it get wet?